Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. Hello everybody, what's going on? I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show. And thank you so much for tuning into episode 47 of the Say Hey Podcast. We're almost at 50, everyone. I don't really have anything special planned, but we'll see what happens. Folks, congratulations. That's right, congratulations on being a Giants fan. Because as of right now, it is definitely something to celebrate. And go ahead and pick the reason why. There's too many to choose from. Last night, the win against the Marlins was officially the 12th win on the season for the Giants, which means that the Giants are grouped in very elite company. As of right now, throughout the entire league, there are only five teams, that's right, five, with at least 12 wins, and the Giants are one of those teams. Something else to celebrate is that since last night's victory, the Giants are now 6-1 at home on the year. This is insane. I honestly didn't expect the Giants to have this hot of a start throughout the beginning of the season. We knew what the Giants were capable of, but I didn't know they were capable of doing this well this early on. Winning the series over Philadelphia and now winning another game against the Miami Marlins, it feels like it's like a four or five game win streak, even though it's not. The Giants took two wins away from the Phillies, and that was the first two games. Then they lost the last, but it really, it didn't even feel like a loss. Because the fact that the Giants were not only able to win the first two games, they also beat Zach Wheeler, which I did not expect to happen at all. And then, of course, last night's victory was just a little too easy compared to the last time the Giants faced the Marlins. So things are definitely looking up. Folks, before we move on to today's show, I just want to say thank you so much for investing your time and listening to what I have to say about the Giants as of late. For today's show, I'm going to go ahead and talk about individual player performances just like I did last week. I'm going to bring up players whose performances are worth noting as of late. Then I'm going to dive into last night's game. It's going to be a quick review just because there wasn't too much that happened. And then I'm going to preview the next three games against the Marlins. That's right. Three. This is insane. We just finished a three-game series against the Marlins, and now we have to play a four-game series. I do not want to eat fish for a very long time. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into the show. Brandon Belt stays hot. Over his past four games that he's played, he's hit two doubles and two home runs. However, during the Philly series, I can't remember it was, yes, I think it was the second game of the Philly series, Brandon Belt pulled up short after he was hustling down the first baseline, clutching, or what it seemed as though he was holding his quad. Turns out he all it is is that he has a tight quad. Nothing too serious. He did not play the final game of the Philly series, and he did not play last night's game as well. As of right now, though, it does not sound like it's a serious injury. Moving on, Dickerson also continues to stay hot. 
Over his past four games, he's produced a 429 batting average and has even hit a home run as well during that time. And all I've got to say is about damn time. Because he's been hitting the ball so incredibly well all year, but of course, all the balls he's been hitting have gone straight to opposing fielders. So it's been nice to see him as of late put the bat to the ball and the ball see really good results. Moving on, Darren Ruff continues to deliver off the bench. After he launched a three-run homer in the top of the seventh inning to tie the game at four during the final game of the Philly series, Darren Ruff follows that game with an RBI double in the first inning of yesterday's game against the Marlins. Fantastic. Moving on to the captain, Buster Posey. This is a little fun fact. Posey is in fact on pace to reach 59 home runs this year. Pretty insane. Do I think he'll reach that? Absolutely not. But if he kept hitting dingers at the current rate that he is right now, he would definitely get there. But like I just said, it's highly unlikely. He did, however, hit two off Zach Wheeler during Tuesday's game, which was definitely awesome to see. And on the year, Posey has also produced a 310 batting average, which is even more amazing to see. Moving on to Wilmer Flores. Flores has collected three hits over his past five at-bats, including a pinch-hit three-run homer during Tuesday's game against the Phillies and a double that hit the top of the fence but unfortunately bounced back into play. Flores might be the missing piece to this offense. I would really like to see him and Dickerson really start to get comfortable and hit how they did during the 2020 season. If Flores can start to heat up, then this offense becomes even more dangerous overnight. All right, moving on to some pitchers. Matt Whistler. I know. The right-handed bullpen option who the Giants were expecting to depend on heavily throughout the season has had a really tough start, but it seems as though he might be starting to settle down and get comfortable. During his past four outings, he's pitched a total of 3.1 innings and has only given up one hit, one walk, and has struck out four batters. During Monday's game against the Phillies, Whistler was tasked to face the three best hitters in the Phillies lineup, and that featured Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, and JT Realmuto. And to my surprise, Whistler was able to retire all three, including a strikeout by Reese Hoskins. So maybe things are really starting to click for Whistler. I really hope so too, because if he can start to figure things out, then the Giants' bullpen becomes that much better. Moving on to Kevin Gosman. He held up pretty well against this tough offense, but it was definitely a grind. Even though he struck out five batters and did not give up any runs in six innings of work, Gosman still managed to give up six hits and even more concerning, four walks, which meant that the Phillies had 10 runners reach base during the first six innings of the game, which might also mean Gosman and the Giants might have gotten really lucky. I love Gosman, absolutely, nothing to complain about. But if he gives up that amount of walks in a game again, the results might be costly. But the good news is that I don't suspect that giving up walks will be a constant concern for Gosman, considering the four batters he walked on Monday were the most batters he walked in a game all year. In fact, the last time Gosman did walk four batters in a game was May 6th of the 2019 season. So frequent walks just aren't a part of his history in the big leagues. And moving on to the last thing I will say about the Philly series is that the offense was able to knock around Zach Wheeler. During the three-game series against the Phillies, 
The Giants hit seven home runs and seven doubles, which is fantastic to see because, as I mentioned during the last episode, this team is hitting the ball, and they are hitting the ball hard, which is exactly what they've been doing all year. The only problem is that there hasn't been much to show for it for whatever reason. But now, as of late, it seems like this offense is finally starting to see the results they deserve, which is awesome because they are going to need that to translate over to this series against the Marlins, this scrappy Marlins team, who they face again at home for a four-game series. That's right. Last night was the first game of a four-game series. Wow. By the time this series is over, I already know I won't be able to eat seafood for a while. This is just too much fish for me all at once. The Giants just played the Marlins, and they have to play them again for a four-game series. Yikes. All right, moving on to some injury news, unfortunately. And it's that Donovan Solano has found a spot on the 10-day DL with a calf strain. Yes, this sucks. Absolutely, because we all love Donovan Solano. On any given day, he is the best hitter in this lineup. But this really isn't the end of the world because of the depth that the Giants have on their roster. Tommy LaStella will most likely be the full-time second baseman for the next couple of weeks, but the Giants can also place Mauricio Dubon or Wilmer Flores at second base if they need right-handed bats. And the last bit of news that I have for you all is that the Giants have recently called up another young and talented bullpen arm by the name of Gregory Santos. Last week, Camilo Duvall made his big league debut against the Marlins, and this week, it was Santos. The 21-year-old Santos carries in his arsenal a 100-mile-per-hour fastball and pairs that with a wicked 90-mile-per-hour slider that he clearly has command over. Last night, Santos pitched a successful 1-2-3 inning, including striking out the first two batters that he faced. Santos and Duvall are two heads of the three-headed monster they have stashed away in their young bullpen. The third is Kervin Castro, who we saw plenty of during spring training. When the time comes, all three will make the roster, and this bullpen will really start to become difficult for opposing hitters to face for years to come. All right, that is all I have for player news and updates. Moving on to last night's game, game one of the four-game series against the Miami Marlins. Aaron Sanchez. His last outing consisted of 4.2 innings pitched, five hits, one earned run, three walks, and five Ks. Not bad by Aaron Sanchez. Something that I've had to force myself to come to terms with is the way Sanchez has found success this year, and it's the frequent use of his curveball. It's insanely effective, and at the rare times hitters make contact on the pitch, it's very soft contact that proves to be ineffective. I'm waiting for Sanchez to bust out that velocity, but it seems as though he has changed his approach since 2016. His use of the curveball allows the 90 to 92 mile per hour speed on his fastball to be successful because he very rarely throws a fastball. Hitters are just sitting back waiting for that curveball, so when the fastball does come, even though it's below average speed, it's still insanely fast compared to the curveball that he throws the most. Now, something that I wrote in my notes before last night's game was this. If Sanchez can continue to execute the approach he has with the curveball and does not yield any free bases, then he will find success yet again against this Marlins team. All right, let's fast forward to last night's results. Last night, Aaron Sanchez pitched five innings, only surrendered two hits, and that's it. He didn't give up any runs or walks. He did exactly what we wanted him to do, and he also struck out two batters. However, I will say, I will say, I am a little worried, though, because the velocity on his fastball has gotten even slower. Last night, his fastball was sitting around 87 miles per hour. 
I don't know how long that's going to be able to hold up. And I guess after the game, Gabe Kapler said that Sanchez isn't as healthy as he can be. So I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen in this situation. The truth of the matter is that Sanchez, he's getting results. He's not getting blown up by opposing hitters, and he's inducing a lot of soft contact and getting outs. That's how you get through games. And that's exactly what he said, actually, right after the game. It, during the post-game conference, he said, yeah, my velocity's down, but it's always been down all year. The way you get through a game is by getting outs, and that's exactly what I've been doing. So in his mind, he's doing very well. And to be honest, he is. He is doing well. During last night's game, he didn't give up anything. He only gave up two hits. I'm just really, really concerned about the velocity on his pitches. At this point, I'm just hoping he can stay healthy because we all know that the Giants need starting pitching because that's been one of the biggest reasons why they've been able to find success early on this season. So as of right now, it's not a huge or dire concern as of yet, but it's definitely something to monitor. Now, something else that deserves to be highlighted from last night's game is the bullpen. Once Sanchez gave up the ball, there was one, two, three, four relief pitchers that took over after Sanchez. The first one was Gregory Santos. He did phenomenal. I already explained. One inning pitched, did not give up any hits or earn runs, struck out two. The next, Matt Whistler. As I also explained, he's been doing well as of late. One inning pitch, only gave up one walk and struck out one. The next after that, old reliable Tyler Rogers. One innings pitch, did not give up a hit, earn run, or walk. Then to close out the game for his league-leaning seventh save of the year, Jake McGee. One inning pitched, zero hits, zero earned runs, but three strikeouts. He struck out the side to collect his seventh save of the year. Fantastic. Last night's game was one of those games where you just look back and say, wow, that was very, very easy for the Giants. They scored three runs in the first inning, didn't score anything else, but the pitching was effortless for them. Aaron Sanchez, as I've already explained, he kept the hitters off balance for the first five innings, and the bullpen took over, and it was just easy. You could have taken a nap, and you wouldn't have missed anything. It'll be interesting to see how much of that success can be sustained over the next three games against this Marlins team, especially for the bullpen. But as of right now, we're just going to enjoy this first win of the series because tonight's game may not be as easy. On the hill for the Giants is going to be Alex Wood, and he takes on the best pitcher in the Marlins rotation, Sandy Alcantara. Now, Alex Wood put on a solid performance against this Marlins team during his first outing of the year. I've mentioned it in earlier episodes, but Wood pitched five innings of shutout baseball while only giving up three hits, zero walks, that's important, and striking out four batters. It'll be interesting to see if Wood continues to do well. It'll be interesting to see if the Giants coaching staff is going to let him go deeper into the game because during his last start, which was also his first start of the season, Kapler only let him throw 61 pitches. But I will say, I definitely would have done the same thing considering that Wood just returned from minor back surgery and it was his first start of the year. The biggest priority right now for the Giants is to keep Wood healthy because if he can, he will definitely be a huge contributor to this team and the starting rotation. Now, as for Sandy Alcantara, who's going to be the starting pitcher tonight for the Marlins, everything seemed to be going well for him during his last start against the Giants until they didn't go well. The Giants scored five runs in one inning. The biggest factor in this game will be whether the left-handed bats can continue to inflict damage against right-handed pitching. Against Sandy Alcantara, Brandon Belt is 4-for-8 with two doubles and a home run. Brandon Crawford is 4-for-9. Tommy LaStella is 2-for-4. And Buster Posey is 2-for-6. 
Now, I don't really know the updated status of Brandon Belt, but I wouldn't be surprised if he sits tonight. And that's only because when he's fully healthy, Brandon Belt has the full capabilities of being the best hitter in this lineup, and they want to be able to sustain his success throughout the entire season. So, do I want to see him in the lineup tonight? Absolutely. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the Giants decide to rest him another day. Moving on to the third game of this series, Kevin Gosman versus Pablo Lopez. The Marlins versus Kevin Gosman have produced a combined 358 career batting average against him. Not great. Adam Duvall has tagged him for a home run, and Brian Anderson has gone 3-for-10 against him. And lastly, Jesus Aguilar is 2-for-6. But other than those players, the damage isn't too significant for any individual player. Something I'll be looking out for this game is if Gosman can readjust and do what he's done his entire career, which is limit walks. Hits are going to happen, but when you walk 4, 5, even 6 batters, then that starts to be a real problem. At this point in the season, even though this Marlins team is scrappy and pretty relentless at times, I'm still confident Gosman will be able to find success against this team as he's done against some of the best offenses in all of baseball already this entire season. As for the Marlins, Pablo Lopez, the right-handed pitcher, during his last outing against the Giants, he struck out nine batters in six innings. Complete domination. Alex Dickerson was able to find a hole and knock in an RBI, but other than that, the damage was ultimately non-existent for the, from the Giants hitters. I'm going to be honest, you know, I don't really know what the Giants have to do against this man because he was downright nasty during his last outing against them. I guess the only thing I can say is that I hope these bats stay hot and the production carries over from the Philly series. And then folks, the last game of the series will feature Logan Webb versus whoever the Marlins decide to put on the mound. I actually don't think I can see that far ahead. Logan Webb has yet to face any Marlins hitters during his short career at this point, so we'll see what happens. And at this point in the season, it's getting to be pretty hard to remain optimistic that Webb can tap into the way he was pitching during spring training. His changeup is supposed to be his most effective pitch, but opposing hitters have produced a 452 batting average against it. And I guess if you look at the numbers, his slider is actually his pitch that has generated the most swing and misses, but he isn't even throwing it the most frequently. So right now, it's tough to even predict what will happen before any of Logan Webb's starts. Am I still hopeful that he'll be able to figure things out? Absolutely. It's still early on in the year. But for right now, things aren't looking too good for him. But it would be awesome to see if he can start generating some swing and misses from his changeup. All right, everybody, the moment you've all been waiting for. This is the time where I predict how many wins the Giants can take away from this Marlins series. Well, shouldn't be too hard considering that the Giants already took away one win last night. So, I also think the Giants walk away with the win tonight. I think if Alex Wood can continue to keep these Marlins hitters off balance just like he did last week, I think the Giants have a great chance to score a lot of runs against Sandy Alcantara. Then moving on to the Game 3, Kevin Gosman. I think the Giants have a great chance to win no matter who they're facing every time Kevin Gosman is on the mound. So I think they're going to take away three games here. They won the first game last night. I think they're going to win tonight. And then I think they're going to win tomorrow night. The only game I'm worried about is Game 4 of this series. And that's only because it's just so hard to predict what's going to happen when Logan Webb is on the mound. So the realistic prediction is that the Giants walk away with two wins. I think that's easy. The optimistic prediction is that the Giants walk away with three wins, and then the unrealistic or the bold prediction is that the Giants sweep a four-game series at home against the Marlins. That would be insane, but at this point, I'm just predicting three games out of four. 
All right, everybody, that is going to be all for the Say Hey podcast. Again, I'm your host, James Donahue, as I am for every show. Hopefully you enjoyed something that you've heard today. Hopefully you return for the next episode. And everybody, again, you can find the Say Hey podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a rating and a review if you feel so inclined. And of course, everyone, just like every week, stay safe, be smart out there, but most importantly, go Giants.